0: Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. You're listening to Double G Radio. Call so a non-believer. How did that? Call so non-believer. Anybody can be beat. The waiting is over. Relax and enjoy our expert analysis of all pro teams in the concrete jungle. Can't wait! Hello everyone, this is Daniel Yanofsky with your main event on WG Sports Blog Talk Radio. The number to call is 914-338-0897. We have a short time span today, only half hour or so. So let's get right to it, shall we? All hail the king, Demetrius Johnson. I like to say that if you have not watched UFC 216 yet, I highly recommend you do so. I was giddy with excitement from start to finish, especially after that Demetrius Johnson fight. Oh my! If you had a life and decided to go out last night, I completely understand. It's a Saturday night, You to do what you wanna do. I heard a lot of people out in the city last night doing wild and crazy things. Who knows? It's the city. It's not like it's the 80s anymore. I wouldn't even know what the 80s are like, but still, you need to watch UFC 216. I don't know how you're going to do it, but you need to do it. First of all, Demetrius Johnson is the most underappreciated fighter in the UFC today. He just broke Anderson Silva record for most consecutive title fights and nobody really knows. One, he wasn't in, even in the main event. And two, he just put on an epic display of power against Ray Borg, who he fought everything Ray Borg had of him. Ray Borg did everything he could to win, but Demetrius Johnson is a cyborg, he's a freak, he's a robot, he just went past everything. And then at the end, he just hit a flying armbar. Let me repeat a flying armbar. Chris Jericho in WC in the nineties, WCW didn't even have that on his list of a thousand and four holds that he could do. A flying arm bar. He had a regular arm bar, he had maybe six thousand arm bars that he can do, but he did not have flying arm bar. And that was incredible. Once again, this is the main event. I am Daniel Yanowski. The number to call is 914-338-0897. This is for Double G Sports Blog Talk Radio. We're talking about UFC 216 and Demetrius Johnson's historic night. We'll also be talking about WWE Hell in a Cell, which is tonight. The preview It's going to be a great show. Can't wait. And let's just talk about the limited time we have about the UFC and WWE and Bellator because they had a solid night of fights as well. So, UFC 217 is right around the corner, and UFC 216 started things off with a bang. I'm going to point out that several fights had to be called off due to injury or weight uh, gain, weight loss problems. Uh, Fabrizio Wurdom and Derek Lewis were supposed to fight, but Lewis got hurt. He may be scheduled for UFC 217, at the Garden, if his back is okay. I know he could not move just like his fight against Mark Hunt. So that is what we're going to try to find out if it's possible for him to fight at all. Also, Paige Van Zand had to go out of the fight due to an injury. And also, uh, who was it else? Oh, okay. So, we're doing with we face Harris. He ended up doing that. So weight issues have been an issue for quite some time. Kevin Lee almost missed UFC 216. Uh, He had a stab infection during the fight. How he was able to fight through that, I have no idea. Uh, How he was able to get that going without anyone noticing is beyond me. But the UFC, I truly believe, has a weight issue because so many fighters have decided to go test their limits to see if they can lose all this weight and gain this weight and try to be the best that they can be, but they always get injured. They're killing themselves in order to be the best, and nothing's really progressing from it. I discussed this recently on a recording for a show I was doing, Last Word, on sports radio, and it's honestly incredible how bad uh, it is in the UFC mainly in MMA, but in UFC in general because uh, Bellator has had no issue with this as far as we're concerned. They're thriving right now, Bellator MMA. They just recently had a card a few days ago where Darian Caldwell, New Jersey native, defeated Eduardo Dantas, became a new Bantamweight champion. They are solid. They are set for when they go to uh, Uf, uh, Connecticut for Bellator 185. Now, the UFC has had a streak of something like 40 fighters I wanna say, uh, that have missed due to weight issues or injury, mainly weight issues, and it's a huge problem. And I wonder if moving to what boxing does and going towards the heavyweight, light heavyweight uh, level would be beneficial. If you have any thoughts and opinions on this, once again, this is the main event, you can call 914-338-0897. The amount of issues that the UFC has in regards to weight issues is incredible. Khabib got hurt or got uh, severely injured in the hospital. Um, Chris Cyborg was out of commission for a long period of time. You have Kevin Lee who has a staph infection. You have so many people trust trying to kill themselves just to make weight, just to get the money that they think they deserve. And I think they should go to boxing with super heavyweight, super lightweight, super light heavyweight, um, even super flyweight. Why not? Uh, It's just incredible the amount of consistent feelings that they have had where things are just not going their way. And it's utterly ridiculous that the UFC does not uh, do anything about it. Because the time will come when... Someone gets severely injured and maybe hospitalized and maybe just something bad will happen. and You don't want that to happen. But at a certain point, I feel like that's what's going to happen in order to raise an issue. It's just like everything that's going on in America. There's going to be something bad that happens in order to raise an issue on something. And the UFC and MMA weight issue is something that needs to be discussed It needs to be discussed, and it needs to change for the safety of the fighters. Dana White, if you're listening, I don't know if you are. Scott Coker, if you're listening, do something different. Create something. Be the innovators. You're always praising yourself for being innovators of something, and this is the UFC. Do something now that can help protect your fighters. Do something now that can protect the families of the fighters. Do something now that will help make the world and the MMA world and mixed martial arts and combat sports, anything, a better place because there's an issue going on that is being not talked about, not being talked about at all. That's a shame. Speaking of not being talked about, Demetrius Johnson, not even the main event of a car that he should be for breaking a record for most consecutive title defenses in UFC history, or in the sense MMA history, if you want to put it at that. He defeated Ray Borg in an incredible contest that went the full five rounds. And Demetrius Johnson, like Amanda Nunez, should be the most marketable fighter in MMA history. They are not. And it's a shame because they have so much talent that gets unnoticed. And I think that their time will come soon. But right now, Demetrius Johnson made his mark in the MMA world and it's showing and I don't know what he going to need to do in order to prove his worth, but right now, he defeated Ray Borg in convincing fashion. It took five rounds, but he was playing with him the entire time. Ray Borg gave it his all, but, but Demetrius Johnson was just playing with him. And would it have been a different uh, result if TJ Dillashaw uh, was in the fight, if Demetrius Johnson actually provided... Uh, T.J. Dillashaw with the opportunity? It might have been. Uh, T.J. is now fighting at USC 217 against Cody Garbrandt. I don't think Demetrius Johnson wanted to risk anything with having T.J. Dillashaw cut down weight or whatnot, which was technically the smart decision based off what we've seen recently. But Ray Borg also had to uh, get out of the previous event that he was main eventing with Demetrius Johnson. And so now they're not in the main event of UFC 216. And I don't know. I'm starting to think that who else can Demetrius Johnson fight? Because the flyweight division, while good, it's slowly, it's like Ronda Rousey uh, in the bantamweight division. She was going past the competition. But Demetrius Johnson is destroying the flyweight division. He's Neville of the cruiserweights when he had the title and when he dominated for eight to nine months. And that's not a bad thing. However, you're going to need opponents for Demetrius Johnson in the face, And you might have to open up the weight division to a super flyweight or something like that. Or you may have to make him move up weights. Have him move up a weight if he can handle it. But he deserves the best competition in the world because he is Demetrius Johnson. He is the king of UFC. And he is the king of MMA. And without a doubt in my mind, he is one of the best fighters in MMA and UFC history. And if you have something else to say, be my guest. Remember to call us 914-338-0897. This is the main event. My name is Daniel Yanofsky. You can follow me on Twitter. At Dan, Y A N O F as in Frank, S K Y. You can follow Double G Sports or at uh, DGS underscore main event. This is on Blog Talk Radio. Just talking about Demetrius Johnson and UFC 216 and what an event that was. And speaking of the event, the main event, which maybe shouldn't have been the main event, was Tony Ferguson against Kevin Lee. Uh, Tony Ferguson dominated, and he, him versus Conor McGregor can be a very interesting fight, especially if Conor takes the fight at first. I know that the rumors were him, uh, Conor versus Nate Diaz three, and Dana White might have subsided those rumors by saying it's not going to happen, but we know it's going to happen. St. Patrick's Day, New Year's, it's going to happen. Let's not deny that. It, it's a thing because money makes the world go round. But Tony Ferguson or Khabib uh, fighting could be perfect. And maybe Khabib could be faced Tony Ferguson for the interim title, interim lightweight title. Who knows? But Ferguson or Khabib versus Conor McGregor is going to be a great fight. Tony Ferguson is much more of a competition than Khabib, who can actually, I would say, pounce on McGregor and beat him. But Tony Ferguson with a triangle choke to end the match. Great effort by Kevin Lee, who had a staph infection. But... Great effort in general, and Tony Ferguson is a monster. Fabricio Wordham easily dispatched Walt Harris in the first round and about a minute into the match, but I'm going to give Walt Harris the credit in the world because he came in last minute because Derek Lewis, like I said, was injured. Uh, Walt Harris came in and exceeded expectations just by lasting the one minute, but he gave it his all for someone who is not a true contender in the heavyweight division but he put his name on the map with this effort just for showing up and taking this fight. Uh, While it was a losing effort and you don't want to give a participation award, like he thinks he jokingly should get one, but I'm going to give him a participation snap. I'm snapping right now. I'm going to give him credit just for trying his best uh, in a situation that was unfortunate for any fighter to deal with, especially one that is not... a as seasoned as he is. He's 34 years old, has a 10-6 record, but he won two in a row before losing to, to Wardum, and he faced one of the best, best in the world, so he has that under his belt, and it gives him a load of confidence going forward, hopefully. Uh, Bellator, 184, Darian Caldwell, like I said before, defeated Eduardo Dantes, and that was a great, great fight. Went to Suplex City a couple times. Uh, Darren Caldwell is the future of Bellator, just like Aaron Pico. After we talking about Demetrius Johnson and UFC 216 and Bellator 184, with only the few minutes we have left, it's a short day today. You're going to enjoy your football day as well. We'll talk about WWE Hell in a Cell. That is tonight. Uh, call in at 914-338-0897 for any predictions, thoughts, Grievances that you may have going down the line. This is the main event. I am Daniel Yanofsky. We'll talk about the matches going forward right now for Hell in a Cell, which on paper looks like an okay card, and it also looks like a bad card because it's only been a month or four weeks until the start of the um, promoting me <coughs> for this. And excuse me. And um, I truly believe that they can try their best to be, but will it be good enough? Their effort. First of all, the pre-show is Chad Gable and Sheldon Benjamin versus the Hype Bros, Mojo Rawley and Zack Ryder. This is a pre-show match, but I truly believe this will be the match that ends the relationship between the Hype Bros. I can see Zack Ryder being the heel here. Because Mojo Rawley being the heel is kind of obvious. Although that, again, that is WWE. And Zack Ryder can be the guy to finally come out of his shell and be the heel. Will it lead anywhere? Probably not. That's why I lead Chad Gale and Sheldon Benjamin to victory. Uh, Hope my Long Island IZ bro, Zack Ryder, gets the... Gets the. Let's go with. uh, Come up and see. He finally gets what he deserves (sighs) in regards to a good push that will hopefully lead somewhere because he has great talent. And for him to be squandered is not the best of his his values and talent that he has. Uh, (sighs) Like I said, he's on the pre show. So, what really can you do with that? Onto the main show, you have Randy Orton versus Rusev. Again, hell, uh, I think it was SummerSlam that they faced off one another, and it was an awful match. That should not have happened in less than a minute. Randy Orton hit an RKO. I don't know what they're going to do with Rusev. Rusev is the best talent WWE has that is being underutilized today. It's like Demetrius Johnson. It's not as obvious. Uh... Rusev should win this, but I'm going to say Randy Orton's going to win just because it's Randy Orton. It's going to be longer than their previous match. That I'll say, but Randy Orton's going to win this, and it's unfortunate for Rusev if he can pull off the upset. That'd be fantastic, but I believe Randy Orton's going to win. The Glorious One Bobby Roode takes on Dolph Ziggler, who is going through an image crisis. First of all, I can see Dolph Ziggler doing a double entrance of Robbie Roode and doing Glorious twice which might be overkill if they do that. I don't know if it's going to be real Dolph Ziggler who comes out, but we'll see. Uh, Bobby Roode coming out as a face is not ideal, especially with his theme, of the glorious one. While the, the entrance is fantastic, it should not be used for a face. Uh, Bobby Roode's going to win this match because it's his debut pay-per-view match. Uh, and there, But I can see Dolph Ziggler putting on a good match. He needs to impress because he's been a little disappointing lately. But he could be out of the company soon. Uh, Bobby Roode is going to win with a glorious DDT. Hopefully, after an excellent back and forth, stay or maybe twelve minutes, eight minutes to the max. I'm gonna uh, the minimum. I'm gonna say. We have Styles defending the U.S. title against Baron Corbin. This might be the time we finally see Baron Corbin become a champion. This might be Baron Corbin's coming out party. After losing the money in the bank, uh, briefcase, all hope was lost for Baron Corbin until he started this feud with AJ Styles. AJ Styles can put on a good match against anyone, and I can see Baron Corbin winning this match and winning the United States Championship. We'll see what happens. AJ Styles can do anything well. If he loses, we'll see what happens with him, but I can totally see Corbin winning this title. Natalya for Charlotte Flair for the SmackDown Women's Championship might be the best few over the past couple of years that's going unnoticed because they fought for the Women's Championship in NXT. They fought for the Women's Championship on Raw. They fought for the Women's Championship on SmackDown. Underappreciated because it's a history-making thing. It's a Natalya who made Charlotte Flair. It's Charlotte Flair who held a good match with Natalia. It's the two best women wrestlers, Natalia especially, because she's actually a good wrestler, She just hasn't been given a chance to purely show it, and this title run might be a good factor for her. And I think that this match could steal the show, if not for the other Hell in a Cell matches that are going on. If this was a Hell in a Cell match, it would be cool. Also, give it enough time. Give this 15 minutes the most. I think it may go 12, unfortunately. But give them enough time, and they can put on a submission clinic, and they can do something worth value, given enough time and respect for the women's division. You have, I'm going to go with the championship match first, uh, the WWE championship match first, because we know that's not the main event. That might even be the bathroom break match uh, between the New Day and the Usos and Shin- which is a true shame to the WWE championship, but makes sense for Jinder Mahal title reign, which has been subpar to say the least. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, who deserves better, Nakamura, uh, I don't think Nakamura is going to win. WWE is going to India, so Jinder Mahal must be champion at this point in time. Uh, with the Singh brothers on the outside, I could see them causing some trouble getting inside the cage, uh, which is unfortunate because it's going to probably end the same way where Nakamura dominates, and then Jinder Mahal has some offense, and then Nakamura does so his thing, and then Nakamura's about to win. Singh brothers interfere, Singh brothers get their butts kicked. Jinder Mahal puts on the Khalees, and he wins the match. It's a formula for every match he's had since being champion, since even winning the championship. And it's just unfortunate. So I see Jinder Mahal winning this match because they're going to India. And what happens to Nakamura then is unfortunate. I don't know what's going to happen to him. And he, he's in a load of trouble. It's like Rusev right now, Dolph Ziggler right now, a load of trouble, and it's really unfortunate to see because Nakamura is one of the best talents that they have, and it's a shame that he's not being used to his potential. You have the New Day versus the Usos in a Hell in a Cell match for the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Wow, they're actually going all in with this, and this may be the final time we see these two facing each other or these teams facing each other, and hopefully that's the case because they've been going on for a while. Not saying that's a bad thing, though. Really not, because their matches have been incredible. Uh, they had, a, I think, a pre-show match. That was one of the best matches. Uh, I think it SummerSlam, which is a shame that they were on the pre-show. And they've been trading the SmackDown Tag Team titles back and forth for a while now. And I think it's finally time to end the feud. Hell in a Cell is the perfect time to do it. And these two could put on a war in Hell in a Cell. or these two teams. That you can have Xavier Woods to be in the match if he's healthy enough, but I I don't see blood happening. But the Usos have been incredible since turning heel. Uh, their promos have been amazing. And I can just see something happening where we can see something special be going on with the tag team division. Uh, these two tag teams have known to be the stand-in barriers for quite some time, and I can see. I'm gonna say the New Day win this match. It's gonna be so weird for them to win, but I can see them winning. The Usos are gonna put on a valiant effort that exceeds expectations, and we could be calling this to the match of the night. I truly believe this could be the match of the night. Um, New Day versus Usos or Natalya and Charlotte Flair can be the match of the night. It's either or those two, and that's not a bad thing at all, just by calling both of them out, because one singles, one's uh, tag team. So it's a different category, still be match of the night, and it's not much to say with a card like this, but we can work with it. And finally, Falls Count Anywhere held in a Cell Match with Shane McMahon facing Kevin Owens. First of all, Falls Count Anywhere in a Hell in a Cell Match can mean anything, which means Shane McMahon is going to do some crazy, crazy stuff. Shane McMahon can fall off the cell to a table. He can fall on top of the cell. He can pop a power powerbomb on top of the cell, which might be the case. I'm going to bank on that, and then him getting pinned on top of the cell. Uh, and I know Kevin Owens is going to win this match. One thing to know about Shane McMahon is that he gets talent over. It was shown in this feud with Kane. It was shown in this feud with Steve Blackman in the nineties. It was shown in this feud with Triple H. It was shown in this feud with uh, AJ Styles. It was shown in this feud with Shawn Michaels. He puts people over. He put uh, shown in his feud with Randy Orton. Although he's not the best fighter and his punches are horrible, he's one of the best fighters. Uh, out there, when it comes to putting talent over, he can put talent over like nobody's business. And he needs to do that right now for Shinsuke. He needs to do that right now for Ziggler. Just be a bad guy, like as an authority figure. Storyline is hilarious. But he's great when it comes to these roles. And Kevin Owens is great in general. He's one of the best wrestlers out there. So I can see Shane McMahon putting off a big bump for Kevin Owens. And just going all out there, and I think Kevin Owens will win. He'll be super aggressive. Maybe Shane McMahon will get, uh, uh, sorry, Vince McMahon will get involved after getting headbutted. But like busted open radio said, if this doesn't lead to a him uh, Kevin Owens versus Triple H match, I'm gonna be shocked. Maybe a WrestleMania, that would be fantastic just to uh, help the family out. But let's go with the fact that Shane McMahon versus Kevin Owens is gonna be the craziest match of the night. New Day versus Usos and Natalia and Charlotte Flair can be the matches of the night. And all in all, on paper, it looked looked okay. But progressing towards the storylines are subpar, as is the norm with the network era. And we can see an average card, but can they exceed expectations? That is the hope. With so many matches, they're going to probably limit time. We'll see what happens. I have faith. I'm going to be watching tonight. I hope you'll be watching. It's only $9.99 for the pay-per-view. And that is the Hell in a Cell preview. We talked about UFC 216 and Demetrius Johnson and Hell in a Cell and Bellator 184. Once again, this is Daniel Ionofsky with G Sports Blog Talk Radio. That is all for today's show. Only the half hour that we have uh, for the time being. We'll be seeing you next time. Keep a lookout for all things G Sports, all things Blog Talk Radio. You can follow us at Double G Sports, at Daniel, or Dan in this case, Y-A-N-O-S and Frank, F-K-Y, and at DGS underscore main event. Enjoy your football Sunday. Enjoy Hell in a Cell tonight. Thank you. Have a great day. Stay classy. And we'll see you later.